Anthony Davis still hasn't been traded, but he wants out of New Orleans. We're going to give you the latest updates. Plus, is there anything shady going on behind the scenes? Oh, and does Kyrie Irving factor into this by wanting out of Boston? And seven games going on throughout the NBA tonight. You didn't watch them. We did. We'll recap it for you in the Wednesday edition of Locked on NBA. You are locked on the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked on NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you need to know about the association. On Wednesday, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. And I am John Corrales, co-host of the Locked on Celtics podcast. You can find me at Red's Army underscore John on Twitter. Hey, John, think there's anything we need to talk about? No, nothing. Quiet day in the NBA. We might as well talk about the games at hand. Yeah, let's just talk about all of those. <laughs> yes, we will touch on all of the games, players only. You you didn't want to sit through all of that. We did. So we call this too long, didn't watch, coming up in a couple of minutes, too. We will look at Anthony Davis, still the biggest story in the M- NBA, and Kyrie Irving as well. Just because with the Pelicans and Celtics host, we are not being selfish today. This is actually stuff that needs to be covered. But first, the game, starting with Washington losing to the Cavaliers 113-116. Cleveland just ran away with this one in the second half. Yeah, interesting that Washington made a run after they were down huge and, and they waved the white flag. But with seven and a, it's almost eight minutes left, Washington's two-way players and end-of-bench guys made a run. But when Jordan Clarkson hits 10 of 15 shots and he doesn't always hit 10 of 15 shots, there's not much you can do. No, just one of those nights for the Washington Wizards. Moving on, you had the Milwaukee Bucks, 115-105 over the Pistons. Kind of an inefficient night from Blake Griffin. Didn't shoot really well from the field overall. He was just 6 of 16 for 18 points. Yeah, that's likely going to be a loss for the Pistons there. Yeah, Giannis Antetokounmpo just missed the triple-double, 21 points, 8 rebounds, 11 assists. But Jake, I've got the scariest number here. It's... Giannis and Tentacumpo's three-point shooting splits for the season. Ready? October, October, throw it out. It's only six games, 6.3%. November, though, 14% from three. December, 22% from three. January, 31% from three. The progression, the scariest thing in the NBA is Giannis and Tentacumpo starting to hit three-pointers. At 31%, he's teetering ever so close to that magic number of having to guard him from three, and that is the worst nightmare in the NBA. Is that like Skynet becoming self-aware, basically? Basically, yeah. That's that's very, very bad for the rest of the league. <laughs> yeah, definitely not good for the league as a whole, or maybe the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference. We've got OKC 126 over the Orlando Magic 117. OKC had a big lead in this one, as many as 15, but late in the third, you saw the Magic kind of chip away and get a lead of their own in this one. Yeah, but Dennis Schroeder came up with 
18 of his 21 points in the fourth quarter, 12 points in the first six minutes. That's going to salt this thing away, despite Jerry and Grant and uh, and Jonathan Isaac having uh, nice games off the bench. But Schroeder came up big in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Paul George with 37 points on the night as well to help lead them to victory. You have Brooklyn beating Chicago 122-117. D'Angelo Russell had 30. And the Brooklyn Nets, who got 28 wins, have equaled their win total from last year. Good for them. Man, that's so great. And I know it might sound disingenuous coming from the Boston guy and and having the Celtics get a lot of their picks and having that be a big thing, a big storyline for so long. But forget that. The fact is that that team, that ownership has stepped out of the way. They've allowed for the front office, the coaching to do their jobs. And it's very, very impressive that they have done all of the right things. And it just goes to show that what competent front office and coaching can do when ownership is out of the picture. And I'm very, very impressed with how the uh, Brooklyn Nets are progressing as a franchise. Yeah, just they're fun to watch, too. I think that's a big part of it. So good for them. Then you had my New Orleans Pelicans over the Houston Rockets. What? 121, 116. (laughs) Anthony Davis, who? When you've got Jaleel Okafor, remember him, 27 points, 12 boards to lead the Pelicans. Kind of, I don't know, riding a wave of emotion in this one to a victory. Good for them. Weird moment, though, on the court late in the fourth as the Pelicans are trying to seal this win. Got Anthony Davis, who's wearing a suit, working with the coaches to help, like, draw up plays in a victory. It's like living with an ex-girlfriend because you can't afford to move out. But whatever, Pelicans got a much-needed win there. Yeah, living with the next girlfriend, but she's like also giving you like sound advice at the same time. You're like, oh, that's that's a good point. Yeah, uh, this is I, what you should put on your Tinder profile. <laughs> I thought it was a very indicative moment of for the Houston Rockets where they were down, I think, four in the in the closing seconds, and James Harden was going up the right oh, side. Oh man! <laughs> and he was looking for the foul more than he was looking for the shot. And he ended up stepping out of bounds, and they didn't give him the foul. And this, I think, goes to one of the things, a fear for fans of the Rockets, maybe, but at least outside observers of the Rockets. What happens in the playoffs when those types of things aren't called? And the fact that James Harden was foul hunting rather than going for a shot in that situation, man, I outside observer, I do not like what happened in that moment. No, he like walked out of bounds, basically thought he had it. It was like not really any contact at at all. And he just kind of walked out of there. One thing I do want to shout out here, Drew Holiday with six blocks. He had three of them on James Harden, three point attempts, which normally ends up with a foul. He kind of flies under the radar and hopefully he'll get a chance to really shine now that this is kind of his team here in New Orleans. Moving on, we had the San Antonio Spurs over the Phoenix Suns' last-second shot made by Rudy Gay, 126-124. You want to talk to Popovich after this loss, John? Oh, my God. This is my only takeaway from this. After the game, Greg Popovich opens the door, walks out to the media, and says, we were really fortunate to win the game. I thought they outplayed us, outcoached us, outphysicaled us, outexecuted us. We had no respect for them or for the game. We didn't play with each other. It was a pathetic performance, and Phoenix got robbed. Phoenix got robbed. Then turned around and walked out. And if I'm a Spurs player, I am so afraid right now. Like, I hear those comments, and I just turn to my my friends in the side and go, is is Pop going to kill one of us now? 
I think he I think he's like sharpening knives at the moment. Like he's he's crafting his shiv as we speak. If you haven't seen it, you've got to go pull the video of this. It's like 30 it's, seconds. It's direct to the point. It's terrifying. Scary. It's the scariest thing I've seen in a long time. Hey, they got the win, though, but I guess you can't always be happy about oh that. Then the final game of the night, Philly kind of running away from the Lakers early, then the Lakers making it close, but ultimately it was still Philly, 121-105. I needed to watch this one because apparently I need to pay attention to Brandon Ingram, who at least had a good game and put up 32 points or 36 points in this one. If, if you're the Lakers, that's the biggest takeaway from they this, right? They needed that so that, badly. That Brandon Ingram was putting on a show, and you're like, Hey, Dell Demps, did you watch the game tonight? Man, that Brandon Ingram, man, he is such a great he's player, so isn't good. he? He's very, very good. That's really the only takeaway for the Lakers. For the Sixers, they stormed out. They came to a big league. Uh, the only thing from this is Joel Embiid took a hard fall, and it, he's been dealing with the back issues. And he, I'm sure the adrenaline and staying warm got him through, but you wonder if that's going to flare up for him. Yeah, he he did. He he left the game, went to the locker room, came back to the bench at least. So that's kind of a good thing. But yeah, you know, they might need to kind of rest that. That's been flaring up, as you said, and is a big concern for them and their playoff hopes. So that's the too long, didn't watch. We watched the players only broadcast for you guys. We took the bullet here <laughs> as, as we do on like every Wednesday here on Locked on NBA. So we're going to jump into more Anthony Davis talk because there's some new updates with everything. He was just fined $50,000 by the NBA. Does it actually mean anything? Is there anything sketchy going on behind the scenes? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Kyrie Irving as well. But look, it's the trade deadline. It's trade season. If you want to keep up to date with everything, of course, you know about the Locked On NBA podcast, but did you know you can get it from your smart speaker as well? Yes, it's the morning. You're getting ready for work. You're at your office and you just can't touch things. You can tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On NBA. That's the phrase. Play podcast Locked On NBA and you'll get the latest episode on your smart speaker. So make sure you use that to listen and stay up to date on everything going on around the association. All right, so we still have to dive into Anthony Davis because this is the biggest story in the NBA this season. It's likely to be the biggest story in the NBA just kind of going forward for the rest of the year. And before we jump into actual trades and things like that, which is whole, a whole lot more fun, I guess if you're maybe not a fan of the Pelicans or myself, is the fine today that came out, Anthony Davis being fined $50,000 by the NBA for violating a CBA rule saying that you are not allowed to publicly say you want to be traded as a new Orleans guy. I think this is really dumb actually and stupid, <laughs> but it's me not trying to not be homers, but th that's what this is, right? It's as a, a human person, I can attest to the stupidity of a $50,000 fine for a player. Who's trying to figure out who, who just passed up $240 million so we can go get $200 million somewhere else. So yeah, $50,000. It's like me saying, Oh, I'm going to get fined a nickel for speaking my mind. Like it's really dumb. They need to either fix that if they want to uh, make that a deterrent. If they, if they feel like that's a problem for the league, then they need to come up with a better punishment or just eliminate that punishment and just say, okay, we get it. You, you these are going to be inevitable. I don't know which way is the best way. I'm sure some people will sit there and be like, it's dumb, just eliminate it. And some people can ag agree that you shouldn't be doing this. But 
$50,000 in this situation is pretty dumb. So Anthony Davis makes over $300,000 per game. This is less than one quarter of basketball to him. You think this matters whatsoever? Yeah. Like, do, you, do you think that he's actually going to pay that $50,000? Do you think like maybe Rich Paul is going to give him the fifty or, or, grand or LeBron or LeBron, like LeBron's, LeBron's going to take him paid. out to like a $50,000 dinner somewhere, like the best dinner of his life where they eat like t- Tyrannosaurus Rex eggs somewhere where that still exists in the secret billionaire world. Like that's going to be uh, not a problem for Anthony Davis. So. No, it, it, and this isn't like a, it's a, this isn't a deterrent. Also, I don't think this is something that needs to be fined. Like the, the opposite could have, not the opposite. The way this plays out otherwise is Rich Paul and AG go to the Pelicans brass and go, Hey, we want to trade and then leak it anonymously to the media to Woj. And then it just is Woj saying in his ESPN thing or on Twitter, uh, sources say Anthony Davis has requested a trade. Like that's the only difference. Right. What, the hell does that change? Nothing. This doesn't help small market teams anymore. And if you're the Pelicans and you kind of wanted the NBA to do this, Rich Paul is a pretty freaking powerful dude. And maybe you don't want to be petty with his, his one of his clients or him in general, because that's not exactly how you build relationships in this. Like Let, This did nothing. Yeah, let's be real about this. The NBA's tampering rules over the past couple of years have been called into question. And I think there is a very serious discussion to be had about going through and revamping and revisiting in today's uh, in today's world of social media and in today's world of the NBA being so lucrative, like a lot of the rules have changed over the course of the past few years in theory, but not in practice. So the NBA has to look at this is how much these guys are making like this TV deal. When, when the tampering rules were made and the fines were put in place, this new TV deal where these guys are making such gigantic money that that didn't exist. Um, and I, Howard Beck made a great point on the low post podcast. When he talks about guys like Anthony Davis passing up $240 million to go take 200 something million dollars somewhere else. It used to be where passing up $35 million was a big deal. Because it was the difference between 90 and 125 million. Now that difference to them is like it, I'm still going to make 200 million. It doesn't matter anymore. The rules have become archaic. So the NBA really needs to, if they're going to try to put this, uh, try to get this in check, if they're going to try to navigate this new NBA where a player like LeBron James and one of his best friends and rich Paul can go and suddenly become the agent of one of the premier free agents coming up and suddenly engineer this maneuver, which is so obviously geared towards getting him to LA to play with LeBron. Like there is no actual deterrent for this. And and maybe there is no deterrent. I don't. I don't really know. I, so but I don't even thousand dollars is, is going to do is, it. Is not it. No. And so with the fifty, I think one of the reasons it's that number, not higher, is this is the maximum they can fine him without him being able to file a grievance with the players' union against the NBA. So like they just wanted to do something and then have like wash their hands of it and not actually fight him on this sort of thing. Otherwise, they would have fined him more and been like, no, this is why, and tried to enforce it. But look, if he wants to just 
go and play with LeBron in L.A., there's no tampering in that. It's just a dude deciding where he wants to work. Like, I am very pro-workers' rights, particularly with sports athletes here. Like, and I'm a New Orleans guy. I would like to keep him here for forever. We'll love you, AD, for hundreds and thousands of years here. <laughs> but, like, I don't have a problem with him just being like, I don't want to be here anymore. Sorry. The Pelicans can just say, no, we're not going to trade you. And it's as simple as that and make him honor the contract. Though that's probably not a good practice either. But, like, there, nothing bad's here. I get it. It upsets fans. Fans who I think aren't used to seeing players kind of take this much control, but like nothing bad's going on. I don't think. No, I mean, it, I, I, on the surface, at, at, like in a vacuum, the decision of a player to say, you know what? I, I just don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to exercise my, my right, my power to request a trade and put the, the team in a position to make this decision. That, that's all well and good. And to say, hey, I want to play in Los Angeles. Uh, that That's something that appeals to me. That's all well and good. Um, the perception, I guess, that LeBron James is pulling the strings. And LeBron dispatches like the Wicked Witch of the West, sending you know her minions to go retrieve Anthony Davis and and bring Anthony Davis to uh, Los Angeles. That that's not a good look. No, it's and, not. And, and I agree. But I I don't know. I don't know that you can you can do anything about that. But I I think that this level of player involvement may need to be examined by the NBA. Like players can't. Uh, collude can't tamper with players, but I don't know. This this seems like a, a little bit of a different feel because LeBron is different in that Rich Paul is his friend and they've created Clutch Sports and now Clutch Sports represents these players and now, of course, Anthony Davis has to agree to yeah he's got like clutch free, free will here to like that's right. one of the things i had someone telling me and being you know the pelicans guy and everything someone was like this is uh rich paul trying to steer anthony davis to the lakers and it's like he's steering him to the lakers because anthony davis wants to go to the lakers you know right. it, he's his agent it's not like he's not acting in his best interest necessarily and it wouldn't be like no you're going to play for la even if anthony davis wanted to stay in new orleans or go to another team like this is all with AD's permission, I guess, and but, direction that he's agreed to. But, and here's the question. Is it all Anthony Davis's direction? Because, again, in theory, I, as a player, employ an agent, and I tell my agent, these are the things that I want. However, is the agent in this case kind of steering... Anthony Davis towards LA because that's what the agent wants. And the agent is manipulating the process in a way that makes the player say, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I can see. LA. Yeah. I think LA is actually the best place. And it, it, it takes, it takes some of the credit away from Anthony Davis, which I don't want to do, but I can also say that I see a possible way to manipulate the process by floating all of these rumors about Kyrie Irving and about all of these other things and, and creating an environment where the player he represents says, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think I think Los Angeles. He trusts this guy as an advisor. Yeah, I was going to say, that's kind of how it. Yeah, but at the same point, you know, I don't think Eddie's dumb necessarily in that. Like, no, he and no. Kyrie Irving are good friends. Like, I don't think he's going to look at these media reports and be like, oh, my God, he might not resign with the Celtics. Get me to L.A. right now. Like, he can just call Kyrie and they can talk or they can text or, you know, however it is. So I always laugh when people are like they're negotiating through the media or they're trying to put leverage um, and look, I know a couple of people who work in front offices through the league at one of my like good friends works in an NBA front office from growing up. I'll just leave it at that. And he texts me things. And one of someone I know was like, yeah, he's trying to like influence you being a media person in New Orleans. And I'm like, no, what? no, they're not, because I don't matter in this. And I don't think it, the Pelicans front office is making decisions like based off of what I put out there on Twitter. And if they are, everyone should be fired if they shouldn't be fired <laughs> as is already. Well, so, they probably uh, should be. But yeah, <laughs> look, I as the, again, I will agree with you here. So I think it's kind of interesting. Like, yeah, he's floating these things out there, but like I'm sure he's kind of already made up his mind. And if he's looking at these media reports that maybe Kyrie doesn't want to do it, like he uh, that's, I don't know, to me, like another level of like naivety or stupidity, I guess. So let's let's focus on the rumors here because we can kind of give a bit of an update on that. And we'll touch on your team, the Boston Celtics last year. But it sounds like, you know, there's going to be some teams trying to pry Anthony Davis away from New Orleans sooner rather than later. And right now, if if you have a good offer to make, you need to come in now because the Boston Celtics are trying to come in. But if you, if you try and get cute with this and maybe lowball the Pelicans, this is how you miss out on Anthony Davis. I can t- tell you that much with everything now. Some teams that have been rumored that I think are somewhat interesting. Let's start with one that I don't think has a chance. The Milwaukee Bucks. I think we it would be fun to see Anthony Davis and Giannis paired together in a small market. You see this one happening though, John? Nope. 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 <laughs> I mean, they they can offer, and the rumor is that they've offered every every non Giannis uh, option. Uh, every non Giannis option is not enough. They got zero, 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 zero to offer the Pelicans. Uh, and it's it's a nice it's a nice thought, but. Like Giannis, they got enough to worry about Giannis. Like Milwaukee should be focused on making sure Giannis is not the next AD. Like that's their focus. So yeah, that's that's a <laughs> this is a cautionary tale going forward for some small markets. That is for sure. Uh, the Toronto Raptors are potentially rumored to get in there to really maybe make a, a championship push. Pairing Anthony Davis with Kyle Lowry with Kawhi Leonard. Maybe that helps Leonard resign there. That's still up in the air a little bit. Um, and a deal built around Pascal Siakman. What do you think about that one? I like Pascal Siakam, but I, I don't think that he's enough of a guy to be the centerpiece of a trade. Like he's great in his role. I don't know that he's ever going to be a star player. Like right now he's a borderline all-star. I don't think he's going to grow beyond borderline all-star. He could, but I don't know. I, I, I I don't buy it. I don't buy that Toronto has enough that um, they're going to be able to pull this trade off. And then beyond that, any, any uh, draft picks that they have to offer are going to be terrible because yeah, you know, you're you're pairing Anthony Davis with Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry. You're going to be picking like 29th or 30th for the next four years. So that that's just not palatable, I think, for me from a New Orleans perspective. 
No, and I mean, you know, I can tell you they're looking for the usual thing of young prospects. Sure. Good, good lottery picks. And if they can get it, though, I think it's less important would be like salary cap help. So, I, you know, that's not just something that Toronto can offer. They can't give you, you know, all three of those or even two out of those three, really, potentially. So another team that's somewhat interesting and you and I are going to probably dissect this one a little bit is the New York Knicks. Yeah. And they can, in theory, put together and actually pretty interesting package their future first round pick in this draft which has potential to be number one overall and they lost tonight last night whatever whenever you're listening to this and they have the worst record in the nba right now you could attach chris Stapp's porzingis to it and maybe kevin knox those are three things that yeah aren't the worst assets to get in return for anthony davis but if you're the knicks and anthony davis is not going to resign with you and Based off his indications of one wanting to go to the Lakers or two going to a consistent winner, the the Knicks have won less over the past number of years than the Pelicans have. It just doesn't seem like he would stay there. That's a lot to give up to potentially lose Anthony Davis at the end of next season. Here's the way it works for the Knicks: you get that number one over, number one overall pick, you give New Orleans the opportunity to take Kristaps. You if you give up Knox and you give up Zion Williamson, you say, there's your core. And I think that works. That works for the Pelicans as far as players. I, I think, think they would take that. Yeah, I think if yeah. that deals on, I think of the ones we've talked about here, and if you include the Lakers in this too, and we'll leave the Celtics for a minute. Look, that deal That's sounds awesome That's to me. Great, I, I won't one. lie. I would take that in a second. I like but Knox. It, yep. Stops as a unicorn, obviously. Zion is a freak. Um, and, and from a Knicks perspective, they have cap space. And what you say from a Knicks perspective is you're rolling the dice, but you're rolling the dice that you pair Anthony Davis with Kevin Durant. And then then you've now got something and you've got Durant, Davis, and and I, I have to look at the numbers. I don't know if they have max cap space for another no, guy. They, they need to move Courtney Lee. You maybe need to uh, move Hardaway, I think, as well to clear that out. But let me ask you this, though. is that That's a lot to give up for Anthony Davis. If What percentage do you think he would re-sign there? Do you feel comfortable with then making that deal? I, I, mean, I feel like it's uh, maybe – and I'm, I might have a little bit of bias because of the recent reporting, but – it's just below the Lakers resigning, but I think he, I think there's a decent chance that he would resign in New York for that. Like New York is allegedly on his list. Like Brian Windhorst, who's plugged in yep. to this, says New York is on his list. New York and LA are premier markets, regardless of James Dolan and the Knicks being a joke for so long. You put him in New York City. I've lived in New York City for like eight years. It's an awesome city for a young man to live in. Uh, if you get Kevin Durant along with you, that becomes a destination. And that is a, a great place to be. The Knicks, I think, would do that in a heartbeat. They, and, and the Knicks wouldn't even care necessarily about building a champion. They they are one of the most profitable franchises without, yep. like right now, as bad as they've been. So you throw Davis and Durant in those seats. Oh, my God. the the They do a celebrity fan cam every game. That thing will be packed with the biggest celebrities in New York City. So that is an absolute move that they would make and it, without hesitation. 
so you so say it's like 50 50 the the knicks think internally it's 50 50 he'd re-sign there they still make that deal Absolutely. even with those odds interesting okay because i thought that might scare him off a little bit um but like that deal i think even if it's a top five pick i think i might take that one because i don't know if you're not ne- necessarily going to get better than that but one team that can make a better offer later down the line, you can't do anything officially yet, is the Boston Celtics. There's been some rumors about what AD thinks about that. It's now being tied into some rumors about Kyrie Irving. And being the Pelican and Celtics guys here with you all, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But look, the trade deadline is now almost exactly a week away. Rumors are going to be flying. And if you want to know all about what's going on around the association, who's going where, where's AD going? Is Kyrie staying put? Is there anything happening with Bradley Beal or anyone else? You've got to do it here on the Locked on NBA podcast Monday through Friday, giving you the latest updates and everything recapping the games around the league. So make sure you listen and subscribe to locked on NBA. All right, John, we're, we're being shameless today and talking about our teams here and no one can stop us. Hey so, man, this is the first time we've been able to talk about our teams and have it actually be like the biggest story in the NBA. We, but we're good about that, man. Like we don't need to just talk about like the teams that we cover. We we try and cover the NBA as a whole, but we got to do it today. That's for, Absolutely. That's, for, that's for sure. This is the story. So the rumors, again, are flying, and a lot of this has to do with Rich Paul, which we're going to really look at here. But it's that Boston is not really on one of the teams, uh, the list of teams that Anthony Davis is interested in going to. And it sounds like that's fueled in part because of the uncertainty surrounding Kyrie Irving. So is this... Is there is this a smoke fire type situation or is this just Rich Paul trying to maybe get the Lakers to up their offer to make a move like that happen sooner? Yeah, I think you got one part of the word right. Smoke. The other part of the word is screen. Uh, That's not I don't think that Kyrie is um, looking to get out of Boston because there were no indications that he was going to get out of Boston, that he was looking to get out of Boston, that he was. Uh, looking to reconcile with LeBron until he said, I called LeBron James. And he, so the Celtics had that disastrous road trip where they went to Miami, Orlando, Detroit. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Brooklyn and lost all three games and came back. And then they won their next game. And Kyrie was like, yeah, I called LeBron and told him that uh, I apologize because I, I wasn't receptive of his leadership, and now I'm realizing I should have been. Um, and I, or, or at least I recognize that what he was trying to do, and I'm trying to do the same thing in Boston. So then people were like, oh my God, he called LeBron? And so people started to speculate. And then LeBron started singing Fetty Wap to Kyrie on Instagram, and people were like, oh God, they're like reconciling. Like, so there's that. And then now there's the Anthony Davis rumor, uh, Anthony Davis request, and the rumor pops up that Kyrie is um, not uh, 100% invested in the Celtics. So we know that that Kyrie is frustrated. Jackie McMullen went on around the horn and said that, yeah, Kyrie's frustrated. It has to be the way he thought he would. It's it's obvious that he's frustrated. I don't think anyone even needs to go on the record and tell us that because you can hear it in his comments to the media after certain things over the past couple of weeks. Of course. So he is um, 
frustrated with how things are going with the Celtics. Everybody in Boston is frustrated with that. Uh, at the same time, in that post-game scrum where he talked about calling LeBron, he talks about, this is what I wanted, and I embrace this. I'm diving into this wholeheartedly. So um, people are cherry-picking some of the things that he said, and he's always given an indication that he wants to stay in Boston. Hell, he did that commercial with his dad in the garden and saying he wants to be the last number 11. So I think Kyrie has been fairly clear on his desire to stay in Boston, but with the caveat that of course things change. Um, I think that it's important to note that only since the Anthony Davis request have the rumors begun about Kyrie Irving and specifically when it comes to the um, Rick Buecher report in, in, in Bleacher Report where he says a source close to the Celtics says that Kyrie and is uh, the Kyrie feelings about reuniting with LeBron. Like he says something like that's a real thing. Well, let me ask you a question. Would you consider the agent of a current player on a team a source close to that team? Yeah, it, <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe if it's the the Lakers and the agent is Rich Paul who's like running the team, but like I, I you know I think it depends on the agent and the situation and the players certainly because some are some aren't. So I, you know I don't know I guess in this one. But if if I were to say to you, this this agent who is the agent of a current player on this team told me this. And I said, well, a source close to this team told me this. That feels like a legitimate thing that you could say. Yeah, it does. I'll agree with that. Okay. So Rich Paul is Markeith Morris's agent. So you could theoretically, and I'm not saying this is what happened, but you could theoretically call Rich Paul a source close to the Boston Celtics because yeah. he is the agent of a current Boston Celtic. So okay. you could theoretically say theoretically. a source close to the Boston Celtics says, yeah, this is a real thing. And it's really rich Paul saying, yeah, this is a real thing. And you wouldn't be wrong in, in framing it that way. It'd be disingenuous. And I don't know if that's the case. I'm not certainly, I'm certainly not saying that Rick Buecher did do that. I'm just saying he could do that. And so there are a lot of ways, and this is just my way of saying it's silly season and trade deadline and free agency is there. That's silly season. And anybody can frame things any way they want. If you are looking to get the story out and Rich Paul is looking to get the story out and Jackie McMullen on around the horn basically said, Rich Paul is trying to get the story out. This is part of the story. If you're going to paint a public perception and put pressure on the Pelicans through public perception to say, well, look, man, if Kyrie's not sticking around, then we can't wait around for the Boston offer. We can't wait around to see what they're going to do, because if Kyrie's going to leave, they're not going to give us that offer. Take the Lakers offer. That's like, that's what 
this all is right that's now. Where we're like going. that's that's what this is. And it's always funny to me because the like most telegraphed moves never really come to fruition like this. Think about some of these big trades and, and moves that have happened. No one saw DeMarcus Cousins coming to New Orleans. Literally it like broke and then 20 minutes later the deal was done. Same thing I believe with Paul George, they happened immediately. You can go back further to Darren Williams from the Jazz to the Nets, like out of nowhere these things kind of come through. So when these things are telegraphed this long in advance, it's usually someone else trying to put pressure on a team, which I, as I said in the last segment, I think is silly because you have to figure with every team talking to each other and players talking, there's enough Intel out there that this shouldn't really impact things, but it does, I guess. And this is, as you said, a way for the Pelicans to maybe just get a deal done with the Lakers right now, or to maybe put more pressure on the Celtics uh, or with Anthony Davis saying he's not going to resign there. So why would you offer the aggressive package that they might be offering? And Woj said today that the Celtics are being very aggressive with Anthony Davis just because they can't trade for him right now with the two rows rule uh, being not allowed on a team. They can talk. And they've been oh, talking. Absolutely. I can tell you that. Look, the Celtics have been calling the Pelicans not nonstop over the past year and a half, but they've been calling. And every time it's not led to anything, now it might lead to something more. They can come to an in theory trade agreement right now and just not have it executed until July 1 or whenever, you know, Kyrie opts out. So you can get a deal done in theory. Now you can go back on that. But I think that's what you're going to see here. And it said Danny Ainge is going to be very aggressive. He's going to tell if he has not already told the Pelicans to wait, saying that they will give them what they want for Anthony Davis, whether or not he'll resign there, be damned, which, you know, it's AD. So what's the maximum that you'd give up from the Celtics to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis? I don't know. What do you want? Oh, good. Thank you. Finally, not Brandon Ingram. Um, even even though he had a good game tonight, look, I think you'd need to at least, like Tatum's got to be included in there. I think almost you know Jalen Brown's got to be included in there and two first round picks. And then if we need to make some salary work and maybe you guys get Solomon Hill, that'd be cool too. Um, I think Danny Ainge is open to all of that, and I I, I started out this season not open to all of that, but having seen how things have gone in Boston, I think there is a very real dynamic that needs to be considered of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are two guys that are looking to become star players and maybe even a superstar player in Jason Tatum. But I think Jalen Brown sees himself as a future all-star. I see Jalen Brown as a future all-star. Can Jalen Brown develop into a future all-star alongside uh, Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, and eventually hopefully theoretically improved Gordon Hayward. Uh, if you trade for Anthony Davis and you keep Jalen Brown, can he develop into a future all-star? Can he get the reps, the minutes that he needs to do that? I, I you think in a perfect world, yes, but in reality, no, he needs that 25, 30, 35 minutes a game to go out there and be the guy that he needs to be, that he wants to be. I don't think that the way the Boston Celtics are trending, that he's going to get that exact opportunity. So, And I also believe that if they can do this with keeping a guy like Marcus Smart, like Marcus Smart's not a guy that most teams are going to be looking to trade for. And New Orleans, I don't think, should be trying to trade for a guy like Marcus Smart. But on a team like Boston, 
with a bunch of, theoretically, again, if they trade for Anthony Davis, a bunch of premier top-notch scorers, he's the type of guy, and they would re-sign Marcus Morris in this situation, he's also the type of guy that go out there and do the dirty work, because you need guys that can go out there and do the dirty work. That, I think, would be the best situation for the Boston Celtics. So giving up Tatum, giving up Brown, giving up the draft picks, I think it's all in play for the Boston Celtics. And and me as the Boston guy, having been resistant to it in the past, I'm all in on it. You start, I think, in this situation, Kyrie, Anthony Davis, Marcus Morris, Marcus Smart, and then at that point, is it Al Horford or is it Gordon Hayward? And you bring out Horford off the bench and then there are, then you start signing the, you get like the boogie signing for mid-level exceptions and the guys that want to come in there and, and fill out the roster. I think that's the way to do it. So I, I think all of Boston, Boston's assets, all, all the things that New Orleans would want are actually really on the table for them. And that's that's probably why this is not going to get done within the next week or so as New Orleans, you know, is in no rush to do this. I'm sure, you know, they'm sure they want to kind of accommodate Anthony Davis, but they also need to do what's in the best interest of the franchise. Hence that statement that they put out saying they're not going to be influenced by anyone outside the organization to this. So as much as maybe I would like this to be over with and done, it is probably going to stretch out over the next four, five, six months or so. And we'll let this Anthony Davis saga go on. So we've gone long today. That's got to do it for this edition of the Locked On NBA podcast. As always, on Wednesday, I'm one of your hosts, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast, where we are talking about some not too many fun <laughs> things right now. Hey, man, we're not talking about too many fun things, too, with uh, with all the Kyrie rumors. But I am John Corrales co-host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Red's Army underscore John. Thank you all for listening. And we'll be back with you all next week.